Hi, everyone. This is Sarah McFarland from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Today's episode of Expert Answers features Dr. Alicia Brantley from Scripps Research in Florida, who recently joined us for a webinar on novel object tests in rodents. Dr. Brantley is the scientific director of the Mouse Behavior Core facility at Scripps and has extensive research with the novel object test protocols and data management. She deeply understands the reliability and reproducibility challenges associated with these protocols and has developed solutions to overcome these challenges. This episode has been sponsored by Noldis Information Technology. They specialize in a wide range of solutions for behavioral research, and specifically for this topic, for neurobehavioral studies in rodents. Dr. Brantley uses Ethovision XT, an incredibly versatile automated video tracking software that helps to standardize her novel object testing protocols and ensure her data is reproducible and reliable. Let's dive in. What types of 3D printing materials are you using? That's an interesting question, actually, because when I first started looking at 3D printing, I had to spend a little time exploring this. I had no experience with 3D printing whatsoever. And luckily, we have a a whole core at, at Scripps that utilizes that technology who provided a lot of training. One of the things they told me about was the different plastics available. And so I went into the literature and did a little searching to make sure there was nothing that uh, I couldn't use around the mice. And I found that PLA plastic, which is, I think, one of the more common plastics for 3D printing and very easy to work with, would actually not, I don't recommend using it. I found some research that suggested it shouldn't be used in children's toys, that it could potentially give off noxious fumes, or if the mouse were to eat it or if a child in the case of this study, were to chew on it, it could be um, bad for them, actually. And I found ABS plastic to have less reports of issue with that. So I did most of my printing in ABS, which has a lot of difficulties. I have recently moved over to resin printing because the prints are much cleaner, and I'm trying to work with that moving forward. Okay, makes sense. All right. We're going to move on to our next question. This question is from David. Why was behavior assessed during the light phase of the cycle rather than during dark phase for these nocturnally active animals? That is a a really good question. For me, my preference is usually to assess behavior during the dark phase, but just with sometimes a lot of difficulties with getting room in a reverse light cycle, uh, a holding room or things like that. I, I have a lot of investigators that also look at their studies during the light phase. So I duplicated that for now, but I have run plenty of tests in the dark phase. And I think, in my opinion, the mice maybe perform better that way. I try to go later in the afternoon, closer to when the onset of their dark phase would begin, at least. But it's just kind of one of those variables where ideally you would do all of your testing during the dark phase, but for a lot of places it's not, it just doesn't work out as well. And so I've tried to look at it from both times. Okay, cool. We have another question here from Lydia. She's asking, how do you prevent olfactory cues within the floor inserts? I 
clean all the floors. Well, I clean all the objects with ethanol, partly because I want it to dry really well and to try and remove all scents. The floor insert can be removed very easily and the circle inserts as well. I actually use a suction cup and they just kind of pop right out. And I clean them all top and bottom and sides. And the box I finally ended up making for my open field has no floor. So the insert just sits inside four walls. So the whole thing can be lifted up and cleaned very easily all around the edges so that I can remove as much scent as possible. And I just um, stick to a rigorous cleaning protocol. Usually micro 90, I try not to use ethanol in the open field per se, because I don't want there to be a very strong ethanol smell remaining. Okay, makes sense. All right, we have a question here from Chris. He's asking, what are the height and weight of the objects that you use? That's a good question, actually. My objects are, I can tell you right now, approximately six inches high. They're very lightweight, actually, because of the 3D printing, because they're fairly hollow on the inside, the way they print. So they're fairly light, but because of the way they sit into the circle inserts on the floor, they fit very tightly. So the animal can't move them or push them over. I've tested hundreds of mice with um, these objects over the years now, and now that not a single one of them has been moved. But I have chosen this height to discourage being able to just climb over it. And they have to actually actively climb up it, which most most seem to struggle with now the way I've designed them to be a little less climbable and not comfortable to sit on at the top. Okay, great. We have another question here. This question is, what is the distance of the object from the walls and the distance between the objects? Off the top of my head, I'll have to go in the software and verify the distance. I believe the distance from the wall is about one and a half to two centimeters. It's, you know, kind of in the corner. So there's a little more distance to the corner, but the circle is cut out. So it's about one, one and a half centimeters from each side. So it's really close to the corner. I wanted to discourage the idea of hanging out in the corner without necessarily exploring the object. So I set the object back into the corner as much as possible. The open field is 17 inches wide. So I have my objects basically at opposite ends of the open field in that space. Okay. And we we have another question here that's related to that. So she says, thanks for sharing all these details, first of all. And one striking feature in your setup was placing the objects very close to the corner. Did it ever cause you uncertainty whether the mice were exploring the object or the corner? And if you had placed the objects in the center, do you think that would have increased exploration or decreased exploration? So I've actually tried this. Over the years that I've done this, I, I didn't have time to really go through all the iterations of this that I've done. But I tried this experiment and worked with another colleague here who was trying the experiment. We combined our results where instead of putting the objects in the corner, we put them directly across from each other, centered in the open field, but against the wall. And I found the mice no more or less. Well, I actually don't want to say I found them no more or less interested in exploring them. I found the data just felt awkward to me and the mice did not seem to have any less exploration in the corners. But if I wanted to be able to get the objects further apart or do novel object location, 
having the objects located centrally made that feel a little awkward with moving them because then you were moving from the center to the corner. So I wanted to kind of eliminate that difference between center and corner by putting the objects always in the corner. And then if I was moving an object for novel object location, I was just moving it to another corner. And like I said, I didn't necessarily, by moving the objects so close into the corner, I don't necessarily see the animals just hanging out in the corner. If they're there, they really seem to be exploring the object. And if they're not, the way I've set the uh, software up to analyze, it usually excludes if the animal is in the corner, kind of looking towards the corner and not exploring the object, it doesn't get counted. hope you enjoyed this episode of Expert Answers and that you'll tune in to future episodes where researchers just like you answer questions about their work, offer tips, tricks, and best practices, but most of all, share science. Don't forget to subscribe.